Let us pray. Oh Lord, as your word is read and proclaimed, open our hearts and minds so that we may hear the message you have for us this day. In Christ's name, amen. Well, today we will read the first nine verses of Isaiah 55 and the first nine verses from Luke 13. The Isaiah chapter starts with a two-letter word that is sort of a key to understanding what the prophet is saying. I'll explain that later. But now let us listen for the word from God. First from Isaiah 55. Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy and eat, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader a command and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and in and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And now turning to our gospel lesson from Luke 13. At that very time, there were some present who told him, that is Jesus, about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and I still find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? 
He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and may my words be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Are you ready to change your way of thinking and make yourself a different set of rules? Bob Dylan wrote a song that starts... And don't worry, I'm not going to try and sing like Bob. Well, maybe. Going to change my way of thinking, make myself a different set of rules. That line is a pretty good description of what it means to repent. By contrast, consider Coach Roy Williams. In that press conference he had after the Tar Heels lost to the Duke Blue Devils, reporters asked the coach, why, oh, why, oh, why didn't he call a timeout to set up a more successful way to use the last 19 seconds of that game between the arch rivals? And old Roy said, I told the kids I should have called a timeout. We didn't get as good a shot as as good a shot as I thought we would get. It's just what I've always believed in. And even, and even though I said it was my fault, if we had it to do tomorrow night, I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> now, the sports page article in the News and Observer said, it was something of a confusing message to send, an apology, followed by an insistence on doing the same thing over and over again, if given another chance. Well, you and I know that the Carolina coach was saying that he chose the strategy most likely to lead to victory. And that is why he would do it again. But what he said, an apology followed by an insistence that he'd do the same thing again if given another chance, well, that's exactly how most of us approach the idea of repentance. The verses that we read from Isaiah 55 and from Luke 13 invite us to do what Bob Dylan said, to change our way of thinking, as he would say, make ourselves a different set of rules. Well, a couple of the original Bible words are translated repent. The Greek word Luke uses as metanoia, which means to change your mind. The Hebrew word Isaiah uses means to turn around or to return. So Bob Dylan kind of got it right. Well, you may be wondering just when I'm going to tell you about that little word, hope, and how it will help you understand those verses. In those days, the word hope was used in rituals that were and it was used to call the dead to partake in the food offering. Ho was used to get the attention of the dead. Every good teacher knows that you need some way to command the attention of the classroom. 
Betty and I were walking down the aisle in the Harris Teeter grocery store back when Sarah was about kindergarten age and when we learned the phrase that her teacher, Miss Deborah Brown, used to command the attention from her flock of five-year-olds. Because from that little bitty five-year-old girl boomed out the command. Okay, listen up, people. <laughs> and everyone in the whole grocery store listened up. <laughs> well, the prophet Isaiah was using, ho, to the command of attention of people at that time, they were living in exile. He was calling on the Israelites who were in exile in Babylon to come on back to Jerusalem. Some of them had doubts of making, about making that dangerous journey and going through the hassle of resettling. Sometimes when people have been in bondage, like those Israelites, freedom's just too scary. It happens with people whose bondage is an addiction. It happens with people whose bondage is an abusive relationship. It can happen to people who have mired in depression or other problems. It happens to everyone in bondage to sin. And by sin, I mean whatever it is that gets in the way of us having a good relationship or right relationship with God and with God's children. And that's why I like the description of a, or definition of a pastor as a pastor is a sinner so aware of the power of sin in their own life, they feel called by the Holy Spirit to announce to the world, God loves sinners. Well, the sixth and seventh verses of that passage in Isaiah call the people of Israel and us to repent, to get a new way of thinking. Make a new set of rules. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake their way, the unrighteous their thoughts. Return to the Lord so he may have mercy. And abundantly, abundantly pardon us. The people who had grown to accept or be resigned to just gotten used to living in exile. They did not want to change their places of residence, much less their way of thinking. So God used Isaiah to call them to repentance. As a professor who's writing, a seminary professor who's writing I like named Rolf Jacobson, he says a recurring pattern in the Bible is humanity fails, the failures take over and push God away. God calls for repentance and then God delivers the people. Problem is, it happens over and over and over. It's like old direction on the Prell shampoo. You know, wet hair, lather, rinse, repeat. <laughs> and that's what happens with sinning and repentance. Is it's a repetitive pattern. That repeating pattern is why the Old Testament prophets called for repentance. And the call for repentance is also the theme of the parable we read from Luke's gospel. You see, the fig tree was used by prophets such as Jeremiah and Hosea and Micah as a metaphor for the children of Israel. In this little bitty parable, the fig tree that has not yielded fruit in three years is about to be cut down because it's just wasting space. 
But then the gardener suggests a second chance for the fruitless tree. Let it alone one more year. Let me dig around it and put some manure in and see if it bears fruit next year. If not, well and good. Cut it down. So you and I are called to repent. We're challenged to bear fruit. And we're given second, third, and fourth chances by the gardener who created all that is, who knows us and loves us anyway, who welcomes us to the heavenly banquet, who calls all who are hungry, all who are thirsty for a right relationship with him, come to the waters. God used Isaiah to ask questions about more than finances or work when he said, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? In both God's word through Isaiah and the words of Jesus as recorded by Luke, we are called to repentance. In this season of Lent, as we prepare our hearts and minds for the observance of Good Friday and the celebration of Easter, we are called not just to confession, but to repentance. Listen to how the, another preacher, Presbyterian at that, named Frederick Beatner, describes repentance. He said to repent is to come to your senses. It's not so much about something you do as something that happens. True repentance spends less time looking at the past and saying, I'm sorry than looking to the future and saying, wow. So let me ask you again. Are you ready to change your way of thinking and make yourself a different set of rules? Thanks be to God. Change your way of thinking. Make yourself a different set of rules. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you always.